I want to, if you have your Bibles real quickly, I want you to go to the, to the Psalms. Uh, and I, again, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to condense this, uh, as much as I can and, uh, try not to hold us too long at all this morning, uh, going to overtime, as we would say. So, uh, nonetheless, uh, just bear with me just to, just for a minute. While you're finding that in your Bible, I want to share a little bit with you. In uh, October, 30, October 30th of 2016, you know, four years ago, there was there's a, a, a publication that's called The Big Think. And there was an article that was published that had the 20th, 20th great, 20 greatest inventions of all time. The first of that those 20 is the fire. The second one was the wheel. The third one is the nail. And this is with all the inventions of all time. The fourth is the optical lens or eyeglasses. And we'll skip the fifth one. The sixth one is paper. The seventh one is gunpowder. The eighth one is the printing press. The ninth one is electricity. And the tenth one is the steam engine. Now go back to number five. I just wanted to share those with you. The, the fifth one is actually the compass. The fifth one is the compass. I don't know much about a compass. I remember, I remember having them as a kid. I got them in those cowboy play sets. You know, I don't think I even make cowboy play sets anymore. Sad. Uh, but I, I went all the way to Christiansburg to get this the other day because I just, I, I just, I just wanted one. And I began to research a little bit about the compass. Don't know really still how to use one accurately, but one thing I found out about a compass is I thought, how in the world do you know which direction you're going? I've always wondered this, or, uh, you know, because you pick it up and you, you look at it and it just, it just sort of floats around and does all this stuff. I, but I, I didn't know it to my ignorance, a compass uses, uh, electromagnetic fields, if you would, and there's some kind of magnet that is in this compass, and it doesn't matter where I go with this thing. Right now, it's I'm looking at you, but it's pointing behind me. The arrow is on this compass, and it's pointing to a place that is called true north. Technically, it's pointing to magnetic north, but that's very close to true north. If I walk over to this side of the room and I turn... Facing the Bensons this morning, and I hold this thing out it, while I'm watching it, and I know you can't see it, but this little, this little floating dial turns again to that direction. It turns to true north. If I walk over to this side of the room and I begin to face the other direction and I begin to look over toward where Elaine is seated, this little thing is, can you see it floating around? And it floats around and the arrow points to a location that is known as True North. True North. This is considered the fifth greatest invention in all of the world. It's a passive device. I want you to listen to me now, metaphorically. It points towards the truth, but it's a passive device. Passive means it's unpowered or not dependent on any other source other than the magnetic draw of the truth. I want you to think about that. The magnetic 
draw of the truth. <laughs> ironically, sorry, I don't mean to be political, but ironically, the magnet was invented by the Chinese. More than 2,000 years ago, uh, you know, the, the compass was invented by them, but, but it has become an essential piece of gear for scouting, hiking, survival exercises in the military. Sarah's dad, my father-in-law was, he was, uh, he was an army ranger, and he tells every once in a while, he's 87 years old, and he reminisces quite a bit, like my dad does as well, and uh, every once in a while, he'll tell about when he was in ranger school, down in the Louisiana swamps, they gave him his backpack, his rifle, and one of these. And sent him into the swamp by himself with a destination of where he was to arrive at. The only thing he had to guide him was one of these and his ability or his willingness to use it and to follow its directions. He was the fur out of his class, out of his platoon that was sent out on ranger training that day. He was the first one. He made it back to the base within a short matter of time and he didn't go back in. He didn't want to go back in so early. So he actually tells about how he slept up in a tree in the swamp for two nights because that compass took him back to his destination. These simple but yet effective devices. Five ninety nine at Dick's Sporting Goods is the only place I could find one. Five ninety nine. This compass, because it has the power to point us in the way of the truth. This compass can point us to true north. For somebody that understands it a little bit more than me, this is a device that can save a life. That can save the life of many. This is a device that, that can be utilized to point us and lead us in the right direction. Now that brings us to the scripture that I want to share with you this morning. And I, you know, and I, I may come back and preach the intricate parts of this later on, but I'm just going to hit the high notes this morning. The psalm, psalmist said, how sweet are your words to my taste? They are sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, and that I will follow your righteous laws. I want to preach to you for just a few moments about the greatest of inventions. The first point I would like to make to you is the compass is used... The compass is used to help someone that is traveling. They don't necessarily have to be lost, mind you. They just have to be on an adventure, if you would, or on an expedition. This compass will help people. It does assist people in finding their point of origin. You see, that's what was given to us in the Ten Commandments. Uh, again, I'm going to try to condense. Be patient with me. 
The Ten Commandments are given to Moses in a divine encounter. They're engraved in stone, which indicates they were permanent. They replace the cloud that had covered the Israelites by day, and they replace the pillar of fire that led the Israelites by night. The points to the establishment of who God is and can be found in the first two of those Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no idols. We tend to to be like, you and I tend to be like what we worship. So therefore, in these first two commandments, God has told us and indicated to us, actually been very frank with us, that we're not to have any other God other than Him. We follow no other source other than God. We follow no other being, no other likeness, no other power other than God. Then thirdly and fourthly, in those ten commandments, we find that they distinguish wishes God's plan from our plans. You see, our plans are, they're all well and good in their place, but our plans are worthless in defining God's plan for our lives. You see, he says not to use the Lord's name in vain. And uh, in that third commandment, in the fourth commandment, he says, uh, uh, behold the Sabbath, keep it holy. The Sabbath, he says, Jesus said, is God's gift to, to man. It's ours. And God uses those to distinguish that he has a plan that is much bigger than our plan. Then the final six commandments that we all probably can recite, you honor your father and mother, you shall not murder, you shall not come adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. These these six commandments give us the responsibility that we have to the rest of humanity that is around us. You are responsible for the people that you live around within a means of speaking. You and I are responsible to take a, a message unto a lost and dying world. So what happens is, that is the establishment of the law. That is a compass of sort. The a compass, what a compass or the law cannot do uh, though is this. This compass, I could say I am lost and I could lay this compass on a tree stump somewhere and say, okay, compass, I need you to take me home. That compass cannot take me home. That compass cannot pick my feet up and set my feet down. That compass cannot do anything for me other than it gives me the directions of where I need to go and how I need to do it if you would. You see, the the, the law in itself cannot make us righteous. If you could keep all of the Ten Commandments, if you could keep them, it would not make you righteous. If I could keep them, it would not make me righteous. But the reality is, I can't keep them, nor can you. And I find that the Scripture tells us that we lack the ability to keep those commandments. Adam only had one to keep and he failed miserably. If Adam can't keep one, how can we anticipate keeping ten? Man became unregenerate through the sin. We became, listen, man was created man, not human. Human came at the fall of Adam because when you look at the word, the origin of that word human, it means hewn out of man. And it means that Adam became less than what God intended for him to be. Every one of us in this room, everyone that are watching my live stream today, everyone that's listening by internet radio, we are less than what God intended us to be. 
in that we are uh, we are unregenerate humans. We are not the complete picture of what God has for us. And we can't keep the law. James said in his epistle, if you break the law in any one point, you have broken the whole law. I can't do it. You can't do it. We can't do it. Therefore, everything we find... Solomon said this so well in the third chapter of Ecclesiastes. Everything has a plan. Everything has a time and everything has a purpose. The law had it. The law has, had and still has its place. But Jesus, Jesus brought a better way. Jesus brought a better way to us. Jesus brought a way that, that it's his wonderful blessings. In fact, when you're reading Matthew chapter 5, you read the blessings of Jesus. We call it the Beatitudes. At the end of the Beatitudes, he announces that he came to fulfill the law. He said, I didn't come to kill it. I didn't come to destroy it because the law had purpose. The law had reason. He said, but I come to fulfill the law. He come to do what the law couldn't do. The law is, serves us to establish our moral bearings. You know, this compass, it's telling me that, it's telling me that north is that away. That away. Yeah, there we go. It's telling me that north is that away. But it's my decision whether I believe this thing or not. Now, this thing is plastic, mostly. I guess it's all plastic. Well, that might be metal. And it's magnetized somehow. But this, this thing, this, there's not much substance to this thing. But, 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 but if I'm lost, if, if I'm disoriented, if, if, if I don't, if I, if I don't know where I'm going or I don't know where I'm at, I, do, do I trust this thing or not? Well, if I'm lost and it's getting dark and the woods are deep and the, and the temperatures are getting cold, let me tell you something. I, I would have to look at this and say, this is my greatest hope right now. This is what I can hold on to in getting out of this place that I'm in. But listen to me, for a lost, for a dying world, for a world that is deep in the woods, for a world that darkness is crowding in on us, listen to me, we have a compass. It's not made out of plastic. It's not made out of magnets, but it's the Word of God and it leads us and it guides us and it will protect us and it will bring us to safety and it will bring us home. Paul in Galatians chapter 3, he clarifies the, the commandments. And I'm not preaching against the commandments. Don't leave until uh, our pastor don't believe in the commandments. That's not true. They're, ver- they're very much part of who God is. They're very effective. They were effective. They had their purpose in the Old Testament church. They have their purpose in the New Testament church. The purpose in the New Testament church, we find in Galatians chapter 3, when Paul describes them as being the schoolmaster that teach us from right from wrong. It is, the, the commandments are our moral compass. If we did not have a moral compass, we would not know the difference between right and wrong. And the moral compass points us in the right direction. And then Christ Jesus brings us to faith and faith will take us safely home. So what the law was not is complete. It is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. You see, we are unregenerate. We were... 
We, we tend to want to work our way into things. We tend to want to do our way into things. We tend to want to fix our way into things. But when it comes down to it, there, yes, there are works for us to do. There are tasks for us to complete. But when it comes down to it, we need nothing more than Jesus Christ. The Word of God points us in His direction. The Word of God points us to Him. He will do the works that need to be done in our life. And listen, we need to come to that realization and know what Christ is. We need to know what, or if you would, who that Christ is. John chapter 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the door and I am the good shepherd. John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth and the life. John chapter 14, Again, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. So when we realize who Jesus is, the compass, the word of God points us in the right direction. It points us everything old to new. Genesis to Revelation points to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our redemption. Jesus Christ, our savior. Jesus Christ, our healer. Jesus Christ, the one that will liberate us and free Free us. Jesus Christ is everything in the Word of God. Why in the world would He ever, never have said, I am the Word made flesh. He was the Word made flesh. He is the Word walking, talking, breathing, living. The Word of God is not dead, but the Word of God is alive. And the Word of God is working in our lives right now. If we will allow it. Okay, Hebrews 9. I want you to go here. Hey, I'm getting ready to land this thing. I done took, I done took an hour and 15 minutes and put them in 20. Listen, Hebrews chapter 9. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then would not have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of all the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. You see, when we come into this place, I, I urge you to take some time, read the whole, read the entire ninth chapter of Hebrews. Put that on your reading list, preferably today or this week. The compass points us home. The points, the, the compass, the, 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 they point us home. The commandments of scripture, they work in our life. They help us to know the right from wrong. Listen. Again, I'm not getting political today, don't mean to be, but it is what it is. But when a nation and a government, whether it be the United States, whether it be Europe, whether it be some African nation or uh, some some, uh, Middle Eastern nation, some some Latin American nation, when a nation, when a people, uh, and that actually means a group of people, but when a group of people, when a society of people begin to base their work, 
works and their doings and their societies and leave out the Word of God and, and forsake the Word of God, then they have found themselves losing their compass. They no longer have the moralities that will convict them. They will no longer have the, the moralities and the moral compass of what we call the Ten Commandments. And without a compass, let me tell you something, without this thing in the woods at night, all alone, somewhere where you've never been before, we wandering around, you're going around. Sarah's dad told us the other day he went on a little trip, should have known where he's going. He said, I drove in the same circle three times. Back years ago when I was playing music out on the, the road with some guys, we, we went down into, uh, we went down into Carolina and, and one of the guys that we, was, we traveled in a van and, and, and one of the guys with us, he said, hey, I know a shortcut down here. And we drove through the peach orchards. Uh, of northern now, now uh, northern North Carolina several times. Finally, there was a group of Hispanic migrant workers that were setting out on their front porch. It was time of the peach harvest. Peach trees were just loaded. And, and about the fourth time we rode by their house, they were waving at us. You know, we 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 weren't ba- badly displaced. We were lost. We didn't know where we were going. We had to stop and ask somebody. Listen to me. If you're out wandering, if I'm out wandering, if any of us are out wandering, and we don't have the compass, we don't have this compass, we don't have some knowledge, we don't have some understanding. Let me tell you something. We're a most people, most lost. We don't know where we're going. We don't have our direction. And we don't know how to get out. But if you get out that compass, you get out the compass and you begin to open and open that compass up and you begin to turn to the in the compass and let the compass begin to show you and let the compass begin to teach you and let the compass begin to direct you. Let me tell you what, you may have to take a little bit of a journey. In fact, if you need to go north and you're headed south, you're going to have to turn about face. You don't have to turn completely around. But if you will trust the compass, this compass, it will lead us home. It will lead us to safety, it will lead us to the place where we are going to be just, just fine. The scripture is always going to point to Jesus Christ. And the scripture is always going to be in alignment with the Holy Spirit. The scripture, the scripture, the word of God, our compass, the scripture, the scripture points to Christ. Christ is our deliverer. He is our vehicle. He is our means to make it safely home. Now, here it is, the plan of redemption. The the greatest gift is not the compass, but the greatest gift that we has ever been invented, if you would, if you'll pardon me in that. You see, because the greatest, the greatest gift, the, the invention, if you would, the greatest invention, if in the means of speaking, It was invented. It was designed. It was planned by the almighty God of the universe. Yahweh. Jehovah. He planned it all out. He thought about you. He thought about me before we even were. Before we were even thought about by anyone else in the world. He was thinking about us. While while he was on the cross, we used to say, he, I was on his mind. You were on his mind. And he designed. And he come up with a plan for you to get out that compass. And you begin to read through it. And you're going to find that those words that says, I am the way. You're going to find out the words that says, I 
I am the I am. You're going to find the words that says that, that in me all things are possible. See, the greatest compass, the greatest compass, excuse me, the greatest invention, the greatest invention ever made known to man is the invention of the plan of salvation through and by Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. It was, I purchased this for, it was four ninety nine five ninety nine. I don't really remember what it was. It was something along that lines. I was just tickled to death to find one. I'd been looking for one for several days, and uh, and you know, so and you know, I, I buy stuff like this pretty often, and uh, uh, I, I usually just pay for it out of, out of my pocket. I don't even uh, you know use the church credit card to buy it, even though I'm using it for illustration. I just buy it. You know, five ninety nine. That's not a lot. Of course, it would buy. You would buy Chick-fil-A eight-piece chicken nugget meal. But you know, that's small, $5.99, that's small price to pay for me to have this illustration this morning. But I want you to know this. Jesus paid a much higher price than $5.99. He paid much higher price than millions of dollars. He paid a much higher price than anything that you can imagine. You 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 could take. We could we could all use our imagination and imagine what the highest price in the world anything could cost, and we could put all that together, put it in a blender, and mix it up, and we still haven't even touched the surface of the price that Jesus Christ paid for the salvation, not only of me, of you, but of many. The salvation of Jesus Christ. It's it's if you would, it's priceless. I've seen pieces of art. I've seen musical instruments that people have said they're priceless. That's not true. Somebody somewhere's got enough money to buy them. But money can't buy the salvation of Jesus Christ. It can't be bought. It can't be sold. But it is priceless and it is the gift that He gave us. The compass that He gave us. Nobody can, listen, and no man, we, no man can take it from us. No person can rob us of it. He said, no man shall pluck you out of my hand. Listen. The compass of Jesus Christ. The Word of God. The plan of salvation. The greatest invention ever known to man. If you read Hebrews chapter 9, let me, let me, I, I know when I, I'm in overtime now. It's overtime. You get three overtimes, y'all realize that. West Virginia football. You read that ninth chapter of Hebrews. And when you, I'm paraphrasing this so I'm summarizing it real quick for you. But you read that ninth chapter of Hebrews, what it's going to tell you there, when you read it, you don't find this layman's terms. This is the N.R. Taylor revised version, okay? What you don't find there is, is you don't find that priest, the high priest, the, the lower priests, they couldn't even enter into the holy place. They couldn't go into the most sacred place where the presence of God is. It was separated by a thickly woven curtain or a veil, it's called in, in the old, in the, uh, uh, King James, the older versions of English scripture. And you'll, you'll find there, but, 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 once a year a high priest would get to enter into the temple after he had prepared himself he had to go through great rituals great many routines he had to go through all this preparation you know it's 
you don't know find this part of scripture. This is legend for whatever it's worth. It is legend that they, that there was bells on the the hem of the high priest's garment that would tinkle as he walked along, jingle as he walked along. And it's also it is legend, if you would, or historical documentation that there was a rope that was tied around that high priest's leg. If he went into that high place presence of God unworthily and the bell stopped dingling then they would have the rope to withdraw him or to pull him out of the most highly place but if you read there in Hebrews chapter 9 you'll read about a high priest man I tell you what I don't know about your hair but mine mine's, mine's trying to stand up right now David you read about a high priest he was unlike any high priest that had ever been before he was after the same order of a king that was named Melchizedek. And, and, and you find he was a mysterious king. There was no lineage before him or after him. He just was, he just was there. And, and you find out that that, that, that high priest, this high priest, he walks into the temple. He didn't need to stop by the labor. He didn't need to stop by the altar. He was made ready before he walked into that temple. And as he walked into that temple, that the curtain couldn't stop him. The curtain couldn't hold him. He walked into that temple and he took his place in the holy seat. He took his place in the holiest of holies. Let me tell you, that is the compass I'm talking about. That is the greatest invention I'm talking about. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And no matter what you need today, he's got it covered. So here it is. We already had one altar call. That's okay. I never read in the Bible where it says you can't have but one altar call per service. Unless it's at that part where it was, thou must have three services a week. Two on Sunday and one on Wednesday. Unless you're apostolic, then you can have one on Thursday. I never read all those. But, but anyway. Here's where we're at. Jesus. I had to go look for this thing. I had to drive around. And to, I took my wife. I said, you want to go to Walmart? I, it's the only third time I've been to Walmart since the pandemic started. I said, you want to go to Walmart? Walmart's got everything. Walmart didn't have a compass. No, they didn't. You can order them online, but I didn't I didn't want to order it online. I didn't have time. So I went to the further extent that I needed to to find this compass. Because I wanted it, I needed it. In front of you, every one of you, there's more of these books right here in homes in the world than any other book that's ever been published. Most homes have dozens of them. Some of them have all of the dead flowers from Grandma's funeral closed up in, you know, Psalms 23. Psalms 23. Flowers from the Paul Bears at Grandma's funeral. It may have a picture of Granddaddy, and you know when he was baptized. It, it, but but let me tell you something. If we will go and we will retrieve the greatest gift that we've got, if we will retrieve the greatest invention, because in the words of these books you will find life. Because in the words of these books you're going to find Jesus. And whatever your circumstance is. 
you can find the direction. In this book. Supposedly, this gadget will not point me in the wrong direction. Supposedly. I guess it works. This one. And it's not a gadget. Will not point you in the wrong direction. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm in the second overtime right now. Okay? Don't you worry about overtime, though. You're not going to be penalized. Right now, if you're in this room, or if you're watching live stream, listening by internet radio, right now, I want to ask you the question. You're feeling lost. If you're feeling out, you're in the woods. It's getting dark. You're hearing those funny sounds and you're seeing shadows. I've been in the woods at dark before. You can be a big man or a big woman as you want to. But I know sometimes in the darkness we begin to imagine things that aren't even there. Let me tell you. You may not have... You may not know exactly how to use it, but pull out your compass. Pull out the Word of God. Pull it out. Pull it out. Pull it out and begin to use it right now. If you're that person in this room, if you're unsaved, if you're unsaved, you need to compass really in a really bad way. You need to pull it out. Is there anybody in this room this morning that is unsaved? You have now made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Without any embarrassment, would you just slip up your hand? Is there somebody in this room that has backslidden on God? You're not, you're not where you once were with God and you need to renew your relationship with Him. Would you slip up your hand right now? Anybody in this room? Nobody's looking around and I will not embarrass you. Is there anybody at all? I take it by that everybody's good. You know where you're headed. You know where you're going. You're comfortable with where you're at. But let me ask you another question. There's some stuff you're sitting in this room. You're watching. There's stuff going in your life. Going on in your life right now. And you don't know what direction to turn to. You thought you were. You see, I could walk, I could walk this way and think I'm going north. And all along north is back this way. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you all. If you ever flew much, I, the, the only part I don't like about flying is when I land somewhere and get off a plane, I usually have no bearings which way is north, south, east, or west. I struggle with that. Maybe I'm strange. My wife says I'm strange. Maybe I'm strange. But listen, but if you have lost your bearing, if you have lost your weight in the circumstance you're in, okay, you're, you're, you're a Christian, you're a believer, but you have lost your bearing. Right now, Jesus wants to help you to get on the right path. He wants to show you the right path. There is a, there is a way, there is a narrow way, He said, that leads to life everlasting. He wants to help you. Is there one person in this room said, Pastor, right now, just look at me. Look at me right now. Just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need some direction with where I'm at in life right now. Is there one person in this room? One person. Pastor, I need direction where I'm at right now. Okay, I'm not going to hold you because we're about ready to go into the third overtime. But this is what I want you to do with me right now. I want you to stand to your feet. Those of you who are watching by a live stream... I want you to pray with us. Now I want you to pray this prayer with me, church. Jesus! Jesus! 
We need you. We We acknowledge. acknowledge. You are our guide. You are our our compass. You will not lead us astray. You will not deceive us. There is safety found in you. Right now I receive your word. I receive your blood. I know that I know that I know that you will lead me safely to my destination. I have confidence in you, Jesus. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen.